Happy Labor Day, everyone. Can't believe we start our last year of high school tomorrow. So exciting. Uh, the most exciting <laughs> leopards rule. Catch you leopards in the AM. No, my hair is messed. Can we do it again? Yeah. Yeah, just a second. Dad, what the Hey! I'm on the way out, but I wanted to wish you luck today. It's your first game. How'd you know for sure that you, like, wanted to go into culinary school? Felt it in my bones. What do your bones tell you? He likes being the coach's assistant. He's only doing that so he can be on the court where he wants to be. Sorry, I didn't see you there. It's my bad. I'm, I'm Jake. Jake Wong. Hey, Alex. It's Chad. Hey. It is just basketball. Just basketball. My boyfriend used to call me Sexy Lexi. Ex-boyfriend, I mean. What about the restaurant? This is your family's place. We're family. Joining us online today is one of the directors that has their film featured as part of Rainbow Visions Film Festival at the Metro Cinema. It's coming up on November 4th to 6th. You can check out several different films, but the film we're talking about today is Golden Delicious. And joining us today is director Jason Carmen. Jason, welcome to the program. Thank you so much, Christian, for having me. Hey, we're excited to have you here. Uh, you're a former resident of Edmonton. So, of course, it's going to be a great evening at the Metro Cinema on Saturday, November 5th at 6.45 p.m. when Golden Delicious screens. And not only that, you are also going to be in attendance to do a little Q&A post-screening as well. And I guess that means you've got some like friends and family that might be there. Yeah, I actually have my high school best friend uh, who now lives there, and I have an uncle that also lives there. Yeah, it's been a while since I've I've seen them. Awesome. So you'll get to check out Golden Delicious on the big screen and also reconnect with some people, which is fantastic. Uh, speaking of the film, you just came off being at the Vancouver International Film Festival. And the film itself, Golden Delicious, is, uh, I mean, I'm going to give the little details and you're going to give all the great details about it, is that an Asian Canadian team named Jake, who's negotiating kind of his own sexuality and also his relationship with his father. And then we throw some basketball in there, too. So give us a little bit of breakdown for anybody that hasn't maybe seen the trailer yet for Golden Delicious as to what the plot is. Golden Delicious is uh, it's a 120 minute coming of age drama about a Vancouver based Asian Canadian teen. And he's caught between his father's expectations, his girlfriend's dreams and then his newly awakened feelings for the boy next door. Basically, it's a it's a contemporary tale that's about an Asian Canadian second generation Asian Canadian who appears to have everything. Um, he has friends in the basketball team and a long-term girlfriend and a united family, but he has a secret, and that is he's starting to have feelings for the same sex. But he's trying to manage his dad's dreams and his girlfriend's expectations also, uh, while also being confronted by a lot of different confusing imagery online uh, on, on who to be and how to act. It's a tale that I think a lot of young minds can connect with um, today because of what they're exposed to you know it's interesting because um, my impressions at first were like I'm like I love the fact that this film was about a, a coming of age story and really kind of approached it in a way that I feel like a lot of films even today still don't treat 
young people in that situation with the level of respect that you did in this film, Golden Delicious, it almost kind of feels like there's still the residue of John Hughes, who is not terrible, but I just mean that some of these films don't really have an honest look at what it's like to be a teen. It's like they feel like, oh, that story's impossible to tell in two hours. So we're just going to kind of almost emotionally dummy it down. And Golden Delicious does not do that. So talk to me a little bit about maybe what drew you to this project and a little bit of like what you helped infuse into it to give it that sense of, of maturity and honesty. It's funny you mentioned John Hughes because he is someone I look up to when I was much younger. Me too, me too. <laughs> and uh, and yes, uh, so much of my idea about uh, growing up in North America came from his movies. Um, so I, I came here uh, to Vancouver. Sorry, I came here to Edmonton, sorry, to Canada, and then specifically Edmonton in 1983. I didn't know what it was like to be a teenager uh, in North America. So the movies were uh, were my guidance. If flash forward a decade and I started having feelings of same-sex attraction and I turned towards movies again. And that was just because my family worked long hours uh, and I, I didn't have anyone else to turn to. So movies were my form of education. I basically was yearning to see more queer stories. And then later on, I started to realize that there weren't a lot of stories with uh, Asian Canadians in leading roles. When I started to discover the films in the late aughts with Asian Canadian characters, uh, it it blew my mind because I I didn't realize that I could be leading and I could be charismatic and I could be deserving of happiness. So around that time, uh, the late aughts, I was starting to look for a feature-length project uh, and then in 2013, we were I was introduced to Gorman Lee, who's the writer of Golden Delicious, and his his script really encapsulated the Asian Canadian experience, what it was like to uh, work with family and um, still maintain your heritage while managing your sexuality or your dreams. So that 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 script stuck with me, and you know, in 2018 the opportunity came about for me to start working on it and realizing it to what it is today. So it's it's been a very long journey to get here, but I didn't want to squander my, uh, my opportunity to direct a feature. And I knew how important that's going to be. We're speaking today with Jason Carmen. We're discussing the film golden delicious that he directed. It is screening as part of the rainbow visions international film festival on November 5th. That's Saturday, November 5th at 6 45 PM at the Metro Cinema, all the screenings for Rainbow Visions will be there. You can get tickets at the door. You can get tickets ahead of time, online, whatever works for you. Uh, and also, as a bonus, Jason is going to be there in attendance doing a Q&A post-screening and uh, talk all about the film. I think there'll be some interesting conversations about it for sure. You know, you kind of harken back on your own experience. Maybe talk to us a little bit about, you know, what is it about Jake that you think you know, the main character, Jake, that's going through this, that spoke to you the most. What was it about Jason that was on the other side of the camera? And it was like, this is something that needs to be said, either because I felt it or I know others around me felt it as we were growing up. And and you can actually, you know, craft Jake's story and, and help this come to life in a way that maybe somebody else couldn't have. Well, what uh, made me connect with Jake's story is... Um, his um, fascination with photography. I used to 
well, I still am a photographer. I love taking pictures because pictures reveal the truth about a situation or about someone that perhaps that that individual may not be uh, aware of. There's something about the camera revealing truth. And I love how Jake uses the camera as a device to find truth in other people and in turn uh, in himself. So, uh, yeah, I, I think that there's uh, many coming of age films that use the camera as a way to find oneself. Uh, I'm thinking there's there's one called Pecker, actually, <laughs> um, that uh, you're going to John Waters coming of age films here, Jason. <laughs> Good old Eddie Furlong. I know. I can't believe. Yeah, it's been a while um, since I've seen that film, but I, I love how John Waters uses the camera in that. I'm sure there's a couple of other coming of age films, but Pecker came to my mind. Like <laughs> this is a queer tone, film. So yeah, Pecker. tonally, it's it's a little different, but it's the heart maybe is the same. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, I thought the performances by Cardi Wong and also Chris Carson, who are kind of the two male leads at the forefront of this film uh, were really quite powerful. And I know that in, in something like this, it's very much a collaborative effort to bring out performances like that. So talk to us a little bit about uh, those two young individuals. Uh, what, you know, helped you make think that they were the right people for this. And also to what were some of the conversations you had about them about really, uh, kind of being able to bring the kind of sensitivity that this took and the honesty it took to the screen uh, so that they believe in characters like Jake and Alex. Cardi and Chris are really good at being curious and uh, they nailed the audition and hence that's how they got the part. But when we started working, um, they started asking me questions that um that I didn't expect and um, things that were more, a bit more personal towards the the, the queer experience. And so I, I was more than happy to, to share it with them. I think that um, uh, their openness allowed uh, for a, a, a richer collaborative experience. We worked with intimacy coordinators with Golden Delicious and that helped um, brought out the nuance in their performances, especially when they're very close to one another. I really wanted to focus in on um, the magic that that one has when uh, they're having a first experience with with someone. Um, I didn't want it to be rushed, uh, and and I wanted time to slow down because I think when, you know when we experience th these uh, these first moments, they're they're very special, and time does slow down um, in our minds. Uh, so uh, I think that that's part of the magic that um, that's uh, created on screen and with Chris and, and Cardi being so open and willing to explore. It just made it much more fun and, and enriching as a as a as a as a director. Um, I, I want to I always want to work with actors that want to play and explore uh, rather than jump to to a conclusion. You know, another thing I want to talk to you about is that you got uh, quite a bit of experience behind you. I mean, you've had a lot of uh, short films that have kind of toured around internationally, played different festivals. Um, what's the difference from you when you go from a really 
you know, a, a good tenure of doing short films to transitioning to features like this. Is there, does there have to be a shift for you as a director or does it just mean, no, no, uh, it's just five times what have I, what have you normally done? Like, did you feel like you had to shift gears as a director in a different way from short films to features, or you're like, it's a pretty logical and easy jump for you. I felt like I had to shift gears in order to jump from shorts to feature length. That opportunity is rare in filmmaking land. And I, I knew that I had very few chances to do it. So I wanted to make sure that I understood the process very well, like the directing process. I felt comfortable in working with a writer, uh, working with actors. Um, and I understood cinematography and editing and so forth, right? Uh, the, the biggest difference with doing a feature length is sustainability and endurance. How can you tell a story in a long form? So the, the main thing is that you have subplots that either support or subvert the main theme, right? Um, which part of my job is to manage um, the, these subplots so that the main plot can feel uh, much more rich and full rather than um, rather than being very narrow in, in a in a short film because we only have so much time we can only focus on one angle for a short film but um, for long form uh, we were able to really explore the the main plot and the, th the main theme in different ways uh, with the subplots uh, yeah so that's the main difference between working in short and long form. And I felt ready to do that, you know, after 15, after 17 short films. Yeah. I, I just thought uh, when I was looking back through and doing some research, I was like, this is an impressive track record. Is it just a matter of like those projects that are the right kind of project? Cause this, this feels like in watching it, I was like, I'm like, he must've felt like this was perfect for him. Cause it just, it didn't feel like it was something that you were shoehorning yourself into. Is it hard to find that project or did you just find like the opportunities are not there to gr do great work all the time because, you know, uh, a Hallmark movie pays the bills. Do you know what I mean? Like you're, you're, you're in the land of Hallmark movies where people do that just to pay bills or, or is it just, is there stigma attached to being a short film director for several years? Do people discount you because they think uh, it's been this long, they'll never make the jump? There's always a stigma with what you've done in the past and how that can affect you in a future job. Like, yeah, when I'm doing shorts, people were questioning on whether or not I could do a feature length. Now that I've done a feature length, people are questioning whether or not I can do a Hallmark film. Uh, so, uh, you know, give me an opportunity so that that's, that's the, my main, um, that's the main challenge that I've always had is take me seriously, please, because I, I can do it. And how, how many more films, how many more accolades or, or festivals do I need to get into to convince you? Um, uh, so, uh, so there's that aspect, um. Uh, what was I going to say? Um, you 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 had another question in there and I completely... Well, I just kind of thought like, yeah, whether it's stigma or whether it's just opportunity sometimes because, you know, this, this feels like it was a right project for you. 
Yeah, and in terms in terms of opportunity, this one, as I mentioned, I've been working on for almost a decade, uh, and and I've developed a a, a trust with Gorman. Uh, and then when I brought Kristen on in 2018, I was able to really trust her. So, um, so this project is special because it's been um, it's been nurturing for such a long time, and uh, and I I don't know if it'll come again, but uh, uh, but yeah, the Hallmark projects out there, um, they they do bring in the money. I'm not saying that I've <laughs> directed. A hallmark project um uh but um you know they they're they're not something that i can um advocate for a decade <laughs> so this this one um this so uh sorry i'm just gonna take a step back i was just gonna say okay um, i am attracted to stories of male fragility reconciliation and role models. I don't know what it is. I just love exploring these three things, and I I feel like Golden Delicious encapsulates them. Um, I would be interested in another story if it had, um, you know, these elements. I'm not saying that I can't be open to other things, but these are the things that I've gone back to time and time again. Jason, maybe talk to us a little bit about uh, the relationship and how you met Gorman Lee, who's the writer of Golden Delicious, uh, because you referred to this project as it is, you know, taken a few years to kind of gestate and uh, and come to fruition uh, in the final feature film that we see now. So maybe talk to us a little bit about uh, your connection with him and just how both of your visions came together to create Golden Delicious. Yeah, I met Gorman back in 2012 or 2012. 13, we were introduced by the Praxis Screenwriting Center, and I immediately was drawn to uh, Gorman's pacing uh, and the way that he articulates visual material. Uh, so I knew that he was a very competent writer and I wanted to work with him. Uh, the additional things that made me certain that I could trust him was you know, he's also an Asian Canadian and he understood the struggles that a lot of Asian Canadian families and individuals face. But what also made him unique was he's a second generation Asian Canadian. I'm first generation. So I've always been looking again for role models. Right. And I'm thinking, OK, how can I evolve from um, immigrant stories what else could I be telling? And so Gorman offered a different perspective, and uh, and you know I I wanted to continue to hang out with him because I wanted to learn about about that and myself at the same time. And and so uh, he was a story editor on a couple of my shorts and, and gave great notes. And uh, Golden Delicious. Was something that he wrote early on, but it was also very close to him. I um, I believe it's inspired by his uh, relationship with his dad. Uh, it was originally set in Y2K and had references to RoboCop. So again, these are things that pique my curiosity because I, I love anything reference referencing the 80s and the early 90s. So I you know I continue to keep up with him. The biggest challenge was like, how can I get this funded? Because 
you know, how how can I how can I make this relevant? And uh, and then also access the the funding that's available to 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 Canadian filmmakers. So uh, I worked with him um, to make the the characters queer. I I, I want to just put a footnote and just say uh, the the world that Gorman created is entirely his. Uh, I came on as a consultant and just making sure you know that it's um, authentic. Uh, and then um, I suggested the uh, uh, making the story contemporary because I work in a school and I've just been seeing a lot of effects of social media on young minds. So uh, I thought that that was a, a great way to make the story different and relevant was to incorporate the social media element and and not not be coy about it, but be upfront like really have it as the main centerpiece in the story, which I think has made it successful. All right. The film is golden delicious. Our guest today is Jason Carmen, director of the film. It's going to be screening as part of rainbow visions film festival on Saturday, November 5th at 6 45 PM. Uh, Jason, for any of your previous work or things that are connected to Golden Delicious, people might be uh, their interest peaked, right? Maybe they don't get a chance to go out. I don't know. How can they kind of extend uh, their own curiosity about the film Golden Delicious and maybe something about your previous work too? Uh, is there anywhere online where they can connect with that kind of stuff? Yeah. If um, viewers are interested in learning more about Golden Delicious, I would encourage um, them to check out goldendeliciousfilm.com. That's where we have uh, a listing of all the upcoming film screenings. Um, I also can be found on Vimeo, uh, and I've uh, uh, I have most of my seventeen shorts up there, uh, so you can see them and uh, get a, a feel of what kind of stories I like to tell. Fantastic, Jason. Thank you so much for your time this evening. Uh, I'm excited to see you at the screening and see this with an audience too. I think it's wonderful about it is that as much as it's a coming of age story, some people who might get to a certain point in their life, roll their eyes and be like, I don't know, do I need to see a teen story? Um, but this is transcends that in so many ways. And I think that's what really good coming of age stories do is that they appeal to an audience uh, much wider than just that age base. So uh, I'm excited to see it and see how people react to it. I'm excited to be in Edmonton this Saturday and look looking forward to seeing everybody there. Yeah, minus the snow. That that can leave. But Jason wants to see all of you, that's for sure.